This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issue, lessen your pain by going with the flow, even when you're swimming in poo. Anger, mm-hmm. feel it, and then what? Yeah, so I, um, the way I normally uh, approach, especially anger, such that's uh, such a common one in, in my office, is to understand that we never misfeel, right? Mm-hmm. So like that, that feeling that comes up from a situation that is raw, that's real. I, I joke sometimes after things calm down, but I joke with my, with my clients, like especially like in family uh, sessions and whatnot, where they're, um, they get really angry with each other. I say, you know, that's probably the most honest I've heard you in, mm-hmm. in weeks, right? So, um, so we don't misfeel. What we do is misbehave based on our feelings. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, everybody. I can pretty much guarantee that every one of you listening is just like me. I cannot stand it when things don't go the way I want them to. I'm talking about when your husband doesn't tell you you look beautiful, when you're wearing a dynamic outfit. Can't he read your mind? Or when you didn't get that promotion that you deserve more than any any other person in your office. Or when that dream vacation you saved up for for an entire year involved more fighting and than vacationing. Okay, that'll tick you off. Even more intense, when somebody you love gets sick or dies or anything that doesn't go your way. So nobody wants these things. And when something sucks and when we get triggered and feel sad and pissed off or, or helpless, many times we can't get out of these negative feelings to save our lives like a tornado, a circle. And we stay in this tornado of negative energy. I liken it to like punching ourselves in the face over and over. We resist by saying, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening to me? Punch, punch, punch. So today we're going to talk to a counselor who has the recipe for getting out of this tornado of negative thoughts and feelings and resistance. In short, he's going to teach us how to go with the flow of life. Not easy. But truthfully, it is the key, I think, out of our unhappiness. Time for Lynn's confession. Top three things on my mind. Number one, I'm reminded of the time recently when I had this entire fabulous weekend planned. This was like two weeks ago. And then something came up at the last minute and the plans changed 360 degrees. I was so pissed off at first. I was like a little kid. So then I asked myself, do you want to be peaceful and go with the flow? Or do you want to resist this and throw a tantrum? Well, I threw an internal tantrum for about four minutes. Like, I can't believe this. I planned this. And then I surrendered the new eh, plans, you know, like, okay, those suck, but okay. Number two, uh, second confession on my mind, I started a ballroom dance lessons again, and it's so much fun. And just like the stuff that we're talking about, it's a lot harder than it looks. Number three, third thing on my mind, committing to hair laser removal is a permanent commitment. Make sure you are okay with wherever it goes. Background check. The background check on today's guest, Danny Yero, that's Y-E-R-O, or Yero, is a licensed mental health counselor whose specialty is helping people with depression, anger, and anxiety. He also treats people struggling with addiction. His main tool is something called acceptance commitment therapy, 
and he's going to tell us what that means and just how to adjust to situations to what he calls to lessen our emotional injury. Mm. Mm. Are you intrigued? I am. Danny, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to have me. All right. So what is this acceptance commitment thing? Um, acceptance and commitment thing. Perfect. No, it's therapy, right? So it's, um, <clears throat> I guess the best way to explain it is the, the way I like to explain it is to talk about the goal of it, right? So um, acceptance and commitment therapy is about uh, cultivating psychological flexibility. So um, you mentioned your ballroom dancing. When you go to practice, do you go straight into the dance routine or the practice of dancing? Or is there a loosening up, loosening up process? Like Yeah, loosening. Right. What, what would happen to you if you went straight into the routine? Uh, it wouldn't look good. <laughs> it wouldn't look good? It wouldn't feel good? Mm-mm. It would definitely not feel good like two days later either, probably, right? I can tell your counselor because you're already asking me questions. Yeah, that's <laughs> just the way, the way it goes. It's in my DNA, right? So uh, this idea of uh, physical flexibility is how we uh, prevent injury. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, give you a you know, uh, immunity to injury, but it definitely increases your threshold to be able to deal with the physics of gravity and you know, inertia, momentum, things like that. The same concepts would apply to our psychological flexibility, right? Because life is going to throw its physics at us. You know, things are going to happen where expectations that come our way, like one of your three uh, concerns about like the vacation, right? You may have expectations of a way something's going to play out, something you've been planning to do, and uh, and then doesn't go your way. And then so uh, life, for whatever reason, decided to impose its will on you. And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be flexible? Are you going to be able to bend? Or are you going to stay rigid? which I'm sure the few times dancing, you were a little bit too rigid on a particular turn, and you're like, oh, I'm going to feel that later. And the same thing would apply to our uh, psychological um, flexibility or inflexibility, right? So uh, an acceptance and commitment therapy, the idea is, can you um, accept whatever comes up? Can you accept the physics that may come up in life through unexpected circumstances, problematic thinking, um, uncomfortable feelings, um, just distractions in life, uh, just detours on your path to what matters. Can you accept what c- would come up and continue to commit to the thing that matters most to you, which are your values, right? So uh, um, in acceptance and commitment therapy, we work on all these different processes that work together to cultivate this flexibility so that you can go with the flow. So you can be able to adapt and adjust when the curveball gets thrown at you. When shit hits the fan. Yeah, or, or, or like you said, when the poop hits when the fan poop. or when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, for sure. So let's say you're depressed <clears throat> because maybe you don't have a significant other. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I had a husband, wish I had a wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, and let's say that person's lonely and, you know, they just see other people with partners and love and they, it's that tornado of negativity. What is the best way to handle that kind of sadness or loneliness. Right. Um, and this is the season of that, too, uh, this time of year, for sure. Uh, a couple things, right? Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll probably be throwing out terms. I'll try to not go too detoured in explaining them. Uh, so, first of all, um, when those when the depression hits or the sadness hits, um, something that we need to keep in mind is, um is we fall into this trap that we think that because we're feeling a feeling that we deem as negative, that that's a bad thing, right? Um, if you were to ask a typical, if I were to ask you know, a client, what's uh, three positive feelings that come to mind? Normally I'll get, you know, joy, happiness, and pleasure mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And then I ask them, what are three negative feelings that come to mind? And they normally say sadness, um, anger, uh, m- maybe a loss, something like that. 
And then I, I challenge them. And I say, what if I told you neither one of those six that you listed are positive or negative? They're all natural feelings. Mm. We, um, we, we're, we're supposed to feel these feelings. Now, granted, if you feel a feeling for too long, then you may have to give me a call, right? Because then you're going into a, a mood-type issue, right? But if, uh, if my dog were to pass away and I feel sadness, that's not an unnatural feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling, but it's natural. I'm supposed, you know, you're supposed to feel sad. That, that's that's, a, that's a, an appropriate response to a circumstance. Um, the problem we, we have as humans is that we try to resist it. We mm-hmm. try to, um, you know, um, we don't want to feel that feeling, and then we react in certain ways to problem solve it. Um, you know, the, there's a, a, a Buddhist quote that, uh, you know, pain is inevitable, right? And, uh, and that sounds very uh, negativistic, right? But pain is inevitable. Um, it, it's going to come and it's going to go. Our suffering is a choice. And our suffering is what we do with that feeling that we deem negative or uncomfortable. That's when we, we start getting into the problem area because we start to arm wrestle and put that feeling into a headlock because we don't want to feel it. When the truth is, it's a natural feeling to have, can can you come to terms and accept it? And so acceptance is one of the six main processes for acceptance and commitment therapy to cultivate this flexibility. So your suggestion is go ahead and feel lonely. Go ahead and feel sad. Go ahead and feel sorry for yourself, whatever we you know, deem as bad or negative. Mm-hmm. Accept that crappy feeling. Right. Number well, one. Yeah. I w- and, and, and to add to that, I would say, you know, um, n- now you're making me self-conscious about asking you questions, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. And this is not a therapy session. That's okay. Um, <laughs> is if a, one of your best friends had a really bad day mm-hmm. and that best friend called you and it's like, Lynn, I mean, I had a rough go of it. This happened and this happened at work and then this happened and this happened and just really feeling down on themselves. Mm-hmm. What would be your response to, to your friend on the phone? Well, because I've had 100 years of therapy, I know the right answer is to validate first okay. and say, you know, that that does sound like a really crappy day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry that happened. Okay. And I guess allow that person to feel bad. Okay. And so what you're showing is compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I also have a habit of throwing names out there because I'm, I'm an avid reader. Um, uh, Stephen um, Levine, who's amazing, uh, amazing writer, uh, he talks about this idea that when we meet pain with love, that's compassion. Mm. When we meet pain with fear, it's pity, mm. right? And the connection happens with compassion. And we fall into a trap as humans, I keep calling us as humans, the human race, right? Is that when our, when our closest friends come to us dealing with dilemma, discomfort, just tragedy, we're so willing to show them compassion, to meet their pain with love. But us ourselves, when we are encountered with pain or suffering, of so, uh, pain or some kind of negative feeling, we we're not so quick to show ourselves the well, compassion. Well, how do we do that? Well, by being starting to cultivate this idea of psychological flexibility, this idea that if I have this feeling, can I be okay with feeling this feeling, this feeling of loneliness? Can I be okay with it, but commit to the thing that matters? And when I say the thing that matters, values, right? So another process in acceptance and commitment therapy is this idea of values, like what matters in my life? Is it spirituality? Is it my career, family? We tend to have a constellation of go-to North Stars that we want to travel our lives in. And can if I'm feeling lonely, and, it, and that feeling of loneliness is going to create these thoughts that I'm attached to, right, to justify why I'm lonely. And sometimes that could be problematic. It could be, I'm not good enough, or nobody mm-hmm. likes me, right. relationships don't work out for me. It could be a whole series of thoughts that that's our version of cognitive suffering we're we're Mm. grabbing onto these thoughts to make sense of why we have this loneliness so we can push it away 
instead of falling into that trap of going into the thinking, why don't I allow myself to have this feeling, be compassionate to myself for having it the way I'd be compassionate to a close friend of mine, and then do something that is meaningful to me, something that's purpose-driven, something that's value-driven. Like what? It, it would depend. It changes from person to person. So I have a... I have someone that I've been working with who, um, who for her, dancing is a huge, uh, a huge value of her. She loves this idea of the freedom of dancing, the artistic component, the physical component. She just loves it. And the, the beauty of, of, of value is that you never arrive, right? Like, for me, creativity is a big one. I try to do uh, the kind of my therapy. I try to be creative in the way I do my therapy. And uh, so... You can never, you never reach the, the capital of creativity. You're constantly just working towards it. So with this particular client, you know, you, you dance and then guess what? You can do more dancing next week and then, and so on and so forth. So she's, she has a community of people that she can hang out with and dance, a class that she joined. And then so when she feels herself getting into a rut, she shows herself compassion for some of the feelings that come up and then under, and identifying the thoughts that might come up with it and then says, well, I'm going to do the things that matter. And, and, mm-hmm. the, and, the, and a lucky coincidence that happens is that when you start to do things that matter, especially within a community, you find other people that value the same thing. And then now, you know, uh, as an old friend used to say, now you're cooking with oil, right? Because now if, if you're starting to engage other individuals in the same journey towards their values, now you're starting to cultivate this n- new level of connection with someone where you have something in common, where you can strive together with. And- so accept the, accept the, in this example of loneliness, accept the lo- loneliness, accept the feeling. And number two, then focus on whatever it is that you value as opposed to trying to fix or, you know, like I think, you know, this is a great example of the loneliness. Let's just say you feel rejected, not good enough, negative. And then sometimes you try to fix yourself or plug the hole or how am I going to find somebody as opposed to like you were just your example of focus on things that matter to you Mm -hmm. instead of how you think you're going to feel better. Right, exactly. It's like um, the DJ Moran, an, an act therapist who I, I highly admire. He's very good. And he, he kind of breaks it down like a, a three-step process. Like uh, a situation happens. It, it elicits a feeling in us, right? And that feeling is probably trying to teach us a lesson about the circumstance. Like it probably has a lot to do with our journey, our story, right? But then a three-step process happens when that feeling gets created within us, like say loneliness, the three things we go into, one, two, and three, number one is we describe it to ourselves. Why am I having this feeling? Which is the thought. We, we compose this thought. We create this language, these words. We glued these words together into these sentences to make sense as to why we're having that, that feeling. The second, one, the second step that happens is we evaluate that. Is that bad or is, it, is this good or is this mm-hmm. bad? Sometimes a feeling happens. It's a good feeling and it creates a good thought. And mm-hmm. then we create this, oh, you know, is this good or bad? It's good. And, or it's like the converse of that, right? But then the third one is we problem solve. And then it's, okay, I don't, I don't want this lonely feeling. What mm-hmm. am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. this and, and then so you, you tend to go into these uh, pushing away or grasping type behaviors. You know, A lot of the work that I do, um, uh, I, I do a lot of work with individuals struggling with, with substance use issues, right, at um, Family Recovery Specialist, Shameless mm-hmm. Plug in South Miami area, right? And that pushing and pulling happens. The problem solved for those individuals tends to be substance use because they're trying to escape their reality, right? right? For for other people, um, for those like say struggling with loneliness, since that's uh, uh, we're talking about, that, especially how relevant is this time of year? Is um, someone that is uh, they feel like say it's you know Valentine's night, 
There's no Valentine. There's no call. There's no invitation. There's not even a, a guy's night or a girl's night out, whatever is the alignment of the individual. And then they're just sitting on the couch and they have this sense of loneliness um, kind of overwhelms them. And then they go into, they want to shrink that time of feeling the loneliness because it's an un- uncomfortable. Instead mm-hmm. of showing themselves compassion for, for being lonely, mm-hmm. which is a natural response to being in the situation, they want to, they want to minimize that episode of, of loneliness. And then they, so they start thinking of reasons. Why, why am I feeling this? Well, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that. Self critical right. happens. They evaluate that as negative, number mm-hmm. two. And they don't want to have it, so that they problem solve by what? Maybe they, you know, the the prototypical scene in a movie, the pint of ice cream comes mm-hmm. out, or mm-hmm. the they turn out, you know, they they start binging on shows on Netflix, which may elicit more loneliness. Mm-hmm. They may. I'm all for that though, but just for one night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's okay. Like mm-hmm. I, I guess you know, inst- that's basically instant gratification mm-hmm. in some way because you just don't want to feel it. And and I have you know that, that's trust me, I, I've been there in, in, mm-hmm. under different circumstances. That doesn't make us broken. Uh, what happened? The, the problem is, is when it becomes a pattern, right. where where all of a sudden, because the more that you want to avoid the loneliness, the mm-hmm. and the more you experientially avoid that. So acceptance, the opposite of acceptance is experiential avoidance. So the more you avoid that lonely feeling, the the problem is you become more and more sensitive to it. So then mm, that, it grows because you're not being able to tolerate it. It's like listening to the radio super mm-hmm. super low, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden someone starts clapping in your ear. Like the more you avoid that lonely feeling, that everything's you're, you're gonna be driving by the park and you're gonna see maybe mm-hmm. you see a couple walking in the park and you're like oh and then and then you're gonna get oh, how am I gonna problem solve this and then and, and that's that's the the problematic pattern of experientially avoiding a feeling and going into this problem solving mode where you're just instantly gratifying by trying to escape it rather than accept it, show yourself compassion, and commit to something that matters. Let's say. Um Let's say your girlfriend or your husband cheated on you, and you're having a bunch of feelings, of course, mm-hmm. um, but you know, mainly there's anger, and of course there's always something underneath anger. What's the best way to handle that? It's the same situation. Mm-hmm. You're saying accept your anger, mm-hmm. feel it, and then what? Yeah, so I, um, the way I normally uh, approach, especially anger, such that's uh, such a common one in, in my office, is... To understand that we never misfeel, right? Mm-hmm. So, like that—that that feeling that comes up from a situation that is raw, that's real. I, I joke sometimes after things calm down, but I joke with my with my clients, like especially like in family uh, sessions and whatnot, where they're um, they get really angry with each other. I say, you know, that's probably the most honest I've heard you in, mm-hmm. in weeks, right? So, um, so we don't misfeel. What we do is misbehave based on our feelings. That's that becomes a dilemma, right? Because uh, you're allowed to be angry, you're allowed to feel betrayed, you're allowed to feel all these things. But w- when you misbehave based off those feelings, then you're just reacting. Like, right? what do you mean? Like, um, you know, projecting. Uh, pr- yeah, it's a like a typical anger response would be throwing things oh, or okay. yelling, uh, just saying punitive things, try- trying to become hurtful because mm-hmm. somehow you're trying to match that person's, trying to create a pain in that person that's matching the, the some version of the pain you're feeling. And at that point, what you're doing is you're reacting, and and um, and you know. Uh, Deepak Chopra, he talks a lot about like he kind of shows the, our brains like there's a primal part of our brain where we react from, and then sometimes, and I'm sure we've all been there, we've been angry about something, and midway through our anger, we've realized, 
holy crap, I'm angry. Like sometimes we don't even realize it sneaks up on us sometimes. Sometimes it's not just a, a, a volcano blast. Sometimes it's just a, this temperature that slowly mm-hmm. increases, right? Uh, and then so sometimes we become aware. And but still, we're still reacting in that awareness. The key is to become self-aware. Start asking yourself the questions as to why am I angry? Where, where is this anger coming because from? Because somebody cheated, right? Which is, or I feel betrayed, or and, I feel like a fool, right? And that's and that's allowed. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to be that angry. But then when you start to understand the context of it, then what what what, what begins to happen is you begin to respond instead of react, right? Because. Uh-huh. The truth is that the, the the yelling and the and the and the explosion of whatever the rage is, it might feel good for that moment, mm-hmm. but it's really just instant gratification. That's your way of trying to decompress from that feeling that's so uncomfortable. Um, and you know, for, maybe in some settings, in a, in, a, in a, when if the individual that in, that's angry in their past, it's worked for them, maybe because they've been able to dominate that that situation, or maybe they've been able to play victim in that situation. It's possible that that's become their pattern. That's why it's their go-to move. Uh, but if we were to be really honest with ourselves, the explosion of what I'm air quoting on a, on a podcast, but I guess mm-hmm. you're seeing me too, mm-hmm. right? When I'm air quoting this idea of uh, the 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 misbehavior that comes out of it, the the reaction versus the response, it's really more along the lines of instant gratification. Because what you're trying to do is you're just trying to 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 release yeah. all the pressure created, and that's okay, right? I'm not saying that. But you're it's saying bad. peel it like an onion. So on the outer layer, maybe you have anger. Ask yourself what's underneath. What's underneath, and right. feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Mm-hmm. Accept it. Accept it. Accept right. it. Right. And and it and the biggest challenge is that you know that, that's the kind of stuff that like these uh, these monks that are on the mountaintop they're able to to do because they're so they're able to to separate themselves from the thinking self they're able to separate mm-hmm. themselves from this judging self that they have and they're so in they're so deep within the observing self that they can disengage from that and you know we're by no by no means are any of us trained to at that capacity of mindfulness right uh that is another process of the six is mindfulness can i just stay tuned into right now a lot of times when we get angry we're, we're not only being angry about the moment we're being angry about an inventory that we've collected so uh from the past and so can you just be tuned into right now if you stay mindful and tuned into right now you have full control of all of your behaviors right if if i'm you know there's research that shows uh that we spend about 43 percent of our time disassociated from right now either thinking about the thing that's about to happen thinking about the thing that just happened thinking about yep. instagram yep. all those things right um so that means 43 percent of the time i don't have full access to all of my behaviors so mm. i'm more likely to misbehave because i'm not tuned into the right now if I'm, I'm tuned into the right now and thinking about what's happening right now in this situation i have more of a chance to be able to navigate through a really you know, shitty situation mm-hmm. because there's, there's no other way to call it to find out that you've been cheated on and mm-hmm. betrayed. It, it sucks. It's shitty. Um, but what what words can actually be said that's going to fix it? The words that you're saying is not to not to fix the situation, but just to make you feel better about the feeling that you just had. And give us an example of what words. Obviously, projection would be you, 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 son of a. Right. You know? Like I say, use your index. Right. Use your index finger mm-hmm. instead of your thumb. Right. Uh, so yeah. So like it, it could be if if, if you if you find out that you've been cheated on, it's like you know, you, you know, you piece of shit. How could you have done this to me? Mm-hmm. Right. And then and makes sense. Like that. Mm-hmm. That's a natural response. Right. And then. But in that situation, you know, 
what's going to be the back and forth. And that's not acceptance. So give an example of an acceptance response. Um, the, the acceptance response would be to, to, you know, now I'm pulling from other areas, right, is express what you feel, first of all, mm-hmm. right? Like to, to the person, like, um, I feel this because you did this, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like I feel betrayed by blah, 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 mm-hmm. or whatever was done. You know, and I'm so pissed off right now. I'm angry. I, 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 I you know, right. you express your feelings. Mm-hmm. So you put the responsibility on the other person to decide what they're going to do with that. And by expressing your feelings and saying I, that is a level of acceptance. It is. It is. It, it, and it's showing compassion because what you're doing is you're showing yourself love because you're putting out how you've been mm-hmm. um, affected by this versus turning this into a trial where you're persecuting the mm-hmm. other person. That person might be deserving of the persecution but all they're going to do is defend their position invalidate where you are and now it's going to complicate the feelings that you're dealing mm-hmm. with right so to express how you feel and be okay with the fact because you're making yourself vulnerable in expressing that feeling is can you be okay with expressing that feeling and that person still not being able to validate it because that's their story and mm-hmm. if, if they were scumbag enough to do this to you in the first place they're not going to validate you <laughs> right so at the end you have to t- yeah. you gotta take care of you right, right. You gotta, and you have to show yourself the compassion and, and hopefully maybe open their eyes and maybe there's a resolution to be had but at, in that moment the way you respond is to respond to yourself with love and compassion and to embrace what's going on so that you can learn from it and that's how you become self-aware and you start realizing okay that that makes sense I, I like it was not comfortable but you know what i mean th- there's been times uh, like friends I, I i'm a weekend warrior i play sports on the weekends and um i'll, I'll tweak my knee i have a bad right knee and sometimes i, I bend the wrong way on, on a play and it doesn't feel good at all but, but i didn't break anything sometimes in being flexible it's incredibly uncomfortable but but luckily i i live to to run another day right and sometimes being flexible is that price that we pay that you know what that was really uncomfortable but i didn't break i learned something i was able to accept what um the all these things that came up and committed to the thing that matters which is my growth you know that's that's basically another example let's just say you bounce some checks and you have more bills than you know you have money coming in this month and you're freaking out about it what's the best way to handle that kind of anxiety and so, worry right so uh that's a, that's a good question so anxiety um it's, it's funny because I always joke around. It's funny that I'm doing this now, uh, talking to you on this, because if my 41-year-old version of myself spoke to my 18-year-old version of myself, uh, you're going to be doing talks at universities to 120 athletes. You're going to be speaking to the public on a regular basis. You're going to be doing podcasts and doing interviews. Um that 18-year-old version of myself would have said, you're, you're out of your mind. You, what, what are you, you're smoking your lunch. You know, like, you're crazy, right? Um, and here I am, you know, mm-hmm, 20, doing 23 years later. And because I was very anxious, I was a very anxious public speaker back then. So when we talk about anxiety, it's, there's two things going on, right? There's, um, there's a biological reason why uh, we get anxious, right? It's a, like, a, like a survival technique that we have. You know, uh, Russ Harris, a really good book that I would highly recommend called The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris. He mm-hmm. talks about this idea that about 70% of our thoughts tend to be negative. Uh, the reason why 70% of our thoughts tend to be negative is because evolutionarily speaking, it was our negative thinking as- ancestors mm-hmm. that survived. The, the the go lucky brazen oh everything's fine and dandy walking through the through the died died didn't last long <laughs> enough to to raise yeah. kids to be able to teach them his ways the anxious one the one that played everything cautious that played it safe that was the one that lived long enough to procreate show the ways of the land and whatnot so we've inherited that that negative thinking and that negative thinking of of like catastrophizing potential stimuli mm-hmm. in our environment 
it's anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So in certain situations, um, we'll, we'll get anxiety that's like a body anxiety, right? From for some people, it's like a like this like nervousness nervousness in their stomach. Uh, maybe it's an increased heart rate. Maybe their their hands get sweaty. Shallow breathing, mm-hmm. blood pressure fluctuation down, whatnot. So that's body. That's our body feedback. Our, our biofeedback kind of telling us that okay, we're in danger. So something about this environment, and we all have different triggers for like from the eighteen year old, year old version of myself. It was being uh, looked at by a bunch of people while I'm trying to do mm-hmm. a presentation, right? But for some people, it's out um, places, dangerous circumstances, or whatever. So that's like a, I call it the spark, like a, like a little like a flint spark, right? Now, what the problem is, is that when our thinking comes into play and then we start to have the negative thinking that Russ Harris talks about, which starts to fan oxygen on that spark and creates a flame. Right, right the tornado. Right, and then forget it. Because now, mm-hmm. now you're in a, a, in a world spinning. of hurt. Because now they're both feeding off each mm-hmm. other. The body's got the anxiety. I'm having anxious thoughts. That's, that's making this flame bigger. Mm-hmm. That bigger flame's creating more anxious thinking. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, for some people, they struggle with panic attacks and whatnot so um, you know one of the processes in in act is uh, is diffusion is this ability to be able to detach yourself from your thoughts right can, can you th- you know come to the terms to realize that I have thoughts but I am not my thoughts can I look at the world um, a, instead of looking at the world from my thoughts can I just look at my thoughts as just language that's being created? That's great, but if you have twenty bucks in your checking account and you have to make a car payment that's three hundred, mm-hmm. and you have anxiety about it, so you say to yourself, "What? I'm not my thoughts." Or like, right. what do you do with that? Well, I mean, it, it depends what the thought is, right? Because uh-huh. like, there's um, you know, there's there's clients that I've had that because they are um, in debt, right? They let the bills stack up. Right, and they don't even open the bills. Like, like, oh, that'll miraculously get mm-hmm. paid, right? So, and then in their head, they're thinking the the thought that's coming up from the anxiety of having such mm-hmm. um, so many bills is why open it? Why even bother? Oh, it's the why same thing you're talking it? about. Accept it. Yeah. Accept that I'm. It is what it is. Like, it is what it is. Okay. If, if I had a weekend, if I had a weekend where I went off my diet, like if I don't weigh myself on Monday, did, did that miraculously erase all the calories I ate? No. But, right. but the reason why I don't Face get it. on the scale is because I'm experientially avoiding right. these feelings of failure of maybe. But avoidance feeling, feeds it. Yeah, avoidance uh, definitely. Yeah, avoidance is basically instant gratification, right? Mm. So yeah, it, um, I wish that I know one. And there's plenty of people out there, especially in, uh, in today's society, that are in debt, that are have no ways to m- make ends meet. The problem is, is they get they get fused to this thought that there's no way out, there's no way to fix this. Um, why even bother trying? Those thoughts are problematic because what happens is you get so attached to those thoughts, mm-hmm. you start looking at the world from those thoughts. And you don't do anything to commit to the value of financial freedom, right? Mm. When the truth is, your best your best approach is okay. Look, my financial freedom, my independence is very important. Let me open these bills. Let me be okay with the feeling of being overwhelmed by these bills. Mm. Let me try to put some kind of plan in place. Detach myself from the thoughts that are problematic because not all our thoughts are problematic, right? Russ Harris said seventy percent. So there's thirty percent. I want you to hold on to, but the ones that are undermining your efforts to get out of, out of this financial detach debt, from the negative thought, yeah, and, and commit to the thing that matters, which is okay. How do I how do I improve this process? How, mm. how, how do I get myself out of this hole? Because the way I'm doing it, avoiding the feeling of failure and overwhelmed and debt, and attaching to my thoughts that nothing is going to work, those are just perpetuating the problem. It's not fixing it. But right? that's it. Sounds logical. It sounds very. It can be. You can't turn a train on a dime. But it sounds like. No pun intended with dying. Right. Right? <laughs> right. It sounds hard. 
It, it is. It is difficult. And normally, like with ACT, um, the other process processes process of the six processes it's a mouthful is committed action right so value is a direction you go in in, in your life uh, with committed action is the actual behaviors you do these are the goals right so like for me I've been uh, I've been on a paleo diet for for a while now and the paleo diet is not my value my value is my health mm-hmm. like I, you know I, I, I want to try to be as healthy as possible because this is as this is as young as I'm gonna be I just got older I just got older I just got older right so I want to take care of my body so my value is, is my physical health but how do I commit how do I show a willingness to honor my, my physical value my physical health by a committed action of dieting so it's not easy I didn't you know I've dropped about 65 pounds on this diet but I didn't turn it on a dime. That first that first month, I mm-hmm. started off with the whole thirty, and there's a it's a it's a funny uh, they have a funny calendar that goes with it. That that first week, they say you're in this phase called kill all living things because mm-hmm. you're so grumpy. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But then you get into this what they call tiger blood, where all of a sudden you start feeling really good about things, mm-hmm. right? So committed action, it's it's consistency, mm-hmm. right? When you're when you're doing things towards your value, you're not doing it for the reward at the end. The effort is the reward because that's what matters to you in your life, right? So, like for me, is it more rewarding to have pizza on a Saturday? For sure. But the fact that I feel better, I look better, I know that I'm that my my health is better than it was. Those values are rewarding in themselves. It's not the reward of eating a slice of pizza. Right? So, just to go over what you just said, the main thing is accept, accept your crappy feeling, accept whatever mm-hmm. feeling you're having, feel it. With compassion. With compassion. Right. Right. Be nice to yourself. Because it's not, because that sounds like tough love, but the, the truth is, is just to meet it with love instead of with escape, with mm. pity. Okay. Yeah. And then focus on whatever value it is right. that you feel you need. Right. So to review, what is your best advice for life on how to go with the flow, even when you're swimming in poo? <laughs> even when you're, I, I, you, that creates this image of Shawshank Redemption. When right. When you see that pipe for the crap. Um, I would say the is to to know um, what to be aware of what matters, right? Uh, I would say that's probably the the best. And a therapist, we're not supposed to give advice; we're supposed to give recommendations, right? Because advice, then, if it, if it backfires, then what is your recommendation? My recommendation would be um, find out what matters, mm-hmm. because the, I think it's amazing how many times I'll sit with a client and I ask them, so what are your values? And I just get this, like the, the little girl from Monsters, Inc. that she's like blinking. <laughs> right. Blank stare. Yeah. The, 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 we don't realize what our values are until we sit down and we start to process it, right? So I would say the, the most important thing is to find out what are the things that are important to you. Because sometimes we think that our job is important to us. We think that um, our social cliques are important to us. We think that a particular lifestyle is important to us until we sit down and realize, wow, but that's actually bringing the things that I've been experientially avoiding. So I, I would say that the, the, the biggest key is to find out what ma- matters so you can start get an idea which direction you want your life to travel in, right? Because we basically live life in two paths, right? We have a path of symptom reduction. That's the instant gratification path. That's the path where you're basically living moment to moment to moment, avoiding the feelings you don't want to have. have. I'm going to buy something online to make myself feel better. And then then feel bad the next day Mm -hmm. when, oh, it's not what I thought, and I still Mm -hmm. had to pay for it. My Mm -hmm. gosh, and I'm not even getting enough points on my Amazon gift Mm -hmm. card to make it worth it, right? So we're living moment to moment to moment, avoiding feelings we don't want to have, chasing feelings 
feelings we want to have. So that's the instant gratification, which just reducing symptoms makes us no different than the animal out in the wilderness that's living moment to moment trying to survive, right? Survival. And then it's the other path, which is the purpose, the purpose driven path. It's the, it's the value driven path. It's the one where you're actually, um, showing a willingness to do the things that matter and you're thriving. So it's, you have a path of surviving and a path of thriving and, and you can't thrive until you know what matters, right? And then if, if, if for some it's spirituality, for some it's their careers, for some it's health, for some it's some form of philanthropy or charity. And it's amazing that when you start to identify the, these things, then you start finding this sanctuary and I can do these things and my gosh, it's like I, I, I feel like I'm actually thriving in this like moment. Like I'm not going to die. Yeah, uh, I'm actually well, might thrive. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm alive, right? right? But in a sentence, just if you could whittle it down, Danny, <clears throat> what's your best advice for life on how to go with the flow? I would say that um, it's agree to be here now, accept the thoughts that come up, be okay with the feelings that might come up, and continue to do the thing that matters. That was beautiful. That was great advice. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Our secret. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you guys want to get in contact with Danny Arrow, uh, he has his own podcast. You can find it on the podcast app. Uh, it's called The Balancing Act and it comes out every two weeks. If you want an appointment with him, you can email him at Daniel J. What's your middle name? Jesus. 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 Daniel J. Yarrow, Y-E-R-O, at gmail.com. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So Tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about. <laughs>